You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this final recording on the self-discovery series, Linnell asked his radio audience who's running your show. Is it you or is it something else? What clutter needs to be removed from your life? Let's join the conversation. This is part four and the finale of the self-discovery series. You know, so, you know, we've been talking about who are you? Like, who are you? And the questions I'm asking tonight are, you know, again, who's running the show? Who's running your life? Is it you? And the second question behind that is what clutter needs to be removed from your life? Like, what do you need to get rid of? All right. So this is spring. We're talking about spring cleaning. What clutter needs to be removed from your life? And so you might be asking, Linnell, what do you mean when you say clutter? Well, I mean junk, right? What old acquaintances do you need to move from your life? Old acquaintances that don't mean you any good. And you know it. You know it. But they're still there, right? That's clutter. You know, what do you need to remove there? What old places do you still go to that you just know you shouldn't go? Like, you know, I don't know why I constantly go up in this place. I don't know why I drink here. But I do. All right. That's clutter. Why do you go? What old shows Shouldn't you watch? I talk a lot about TV, so I don't think I have to give a whole lot of explanation here. But what shows shouldn't you be watching? You know, that's clutter. You know, that's junk. Old music you shouldn't listen to or new music you shouldn't listen to. Man, this music scene is troubling. <laughs> and this stuff is going in your head. I mean, and it's funny because, you know, listening to Salim show on the drive in, one of the things I heard that I absolutely 100 percent agree with is that words create action, you know, in some kind of way. So, you know, those words that are bumping around in your mind create something, right? In some way, it influences a behavior. Uh, So, you know, what music shouldn't you be listening to? It's 2014, you know, what are you trying to do? Does your music selection, you know, match that? If not, it's clutter. You know, how do you clean that up? What old pictures shouldn't you be looking at? You know, living in the past you know, that you probably should toss. I mean, literally toss. The funny thing is now in 2014, you know, we don't have to toss out physical pictures. Sometimes it's relieving that trash can on that, you know, relieving them in the trash can on your digital device. (laughs) So, you know, but what clutter do you have in your life that you just need to get rid of? Clutter means all the stuff that you keep living and thinking about that is from the past. You know, the things that keep you living in the past or keep you thinking about the past, it doesn't serve you. That's clutter. Maybe it's time to throw that stuff out. All right. So, again, the questions this evening, who's running your show or who's running your life? You know, is it you or is it something else? And what clutter needs to be removed from your life? Last week, I talked about who's running the show. And one of the quotes I didn't, I didn't share, it's a quote, but it's, uh, you are confined only by the walls you build yourself. You know, so when we talk about who's running your life, who's building, 
who's uh, who's running your show. That's really what I want to focus on. But I got a few callers here. I got Rose. Rose from the South Side. How you doing? Oh, good afternoon, Linnell. Um, I don't have much clutter. I wouldn't call it clutter, but I would say that I had to remove someone from my life because they just weren't what I needed, it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, and I don't want to use the word get rid of because that's like throwing away old old laundry or something like that. But just a, a gentleman that, was not the person that I needed to be with. Mm. And it was kind of difficult doing it. I spent a more a long time before I actually, you know, let it go all the way. But I knew it was something that I had to do. But when you're emotionally attached, that's sometimes difficult to do. Absolutely. But you work your way up. You work your way up to it. And you just let it go. Mm-hmm. You have to let it go in order for you to move on, in order for you to progress, in order for you to get that person in your life who you want there. Right. You know, you have to let it go. So, so it, that's uh, what so, I... Yeah, it, it's, it sounds... No, go ahead. It, it's, but what I was going to say is, you know, that's uh, one, definitely kudos to you for making such a tough decision in service of you. And I'd be interested in what advice you have for others who are listening in regards to, so we're, you know, we're talking about removing clutter, right? And yes. that's a really good example of how an individual, you know, often an individual who's not in a relationship for the same reasons we're in a relationship or looking for the things that we're looking for. I don't know your particular circumstance, but often what that creates is clutter, right? And, and not just, you know, a, a physical space of clutter and, the, you know, the time that they take up but also an emotional emotional clutter. Emotional. I was just yeah. about to say emotional clutter. So what advice, what advice would you have for men and women who are currently in your situation? Well, you have to understand who you are, what you are, and what you want in life. And just because you may have a void, and you have someone there that you may think is filling that void, they're filling the void for a moment. Right. But you have to think long-term. You have to say, okay, this is what I want to do. This is who I want to be with. This is the type of person that I want to be with. And if that person is not fitting that mold or that character, then, and that's not to say the person is a bad person. I don't want anybody to misunderstand this. Right. Because he was, he was a good person. He's a good person, just not the person that I was looking for. I would hope that he would say I was a good person, too. Right. But just not the person that he was looking for as well. So when you find that the both of you all are not the people that you need to be with or you want to be with, Mm -hmm. you, if you are emotionally attached, you have to allow yourself room and space to detach yourself. Mm -hmm. Because if you detach yourself before it's time, then you could hurt yourself. Because emotions are, are, are strong, they're deep. They are. And they're nothing to play with. You shouldn't have to say, oh, well, you shouldn't have to hide from that. And I think that's what gets people into trouble because we feel like, oh, we shouldn't feel like we're emotionally attached to a person who 
we know we we don't want to be with. That right. can happen. Oh yeah, it so can happen. So I, I would say I would say don't deny yourself that part of you who's grown attached to someone. Don't deny that and say, oh well, I can do this or I don't have to do it like that or you you, you hear what I'm saying? Or oh, yeah. this should not be. This should not be. Yes, it is. You're a human being, and if you've grown attached to someone, the, the attachment is there. But cool. what you have to do is go within yourself All right. and say, if I'm sticking with this person, then that's not the person I really want, and, 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 and we're in each other's way. All right. Well, thank you so much for that, Rose. I appreciate it. And thank you. All Bye-bye. right. Okay. Uh Wow, she she brought up a really good point. I think last week we were talking about, you know, who's running your show. And one of the things that I suggested was maybe loneliness is running some of our shows, you know. And so, Rose, one, thank you for the courage and calling and sharing that. And two, thank you for the words that hopefully has helped someone in a similar situation. Because who's running your show? You know, the person you spend that time with will run your show. Yeah, I can re- recall my mom sharing with me years ago. She said, uh, Linnell, be careful who you share a pillow with because that person has more influence over you than you know. And uh, I think uh, there can be some heads out there shaking right now that know that that's true. So they have more influence over you than you know. All right? Putting the head, you know, putting the head down on the pillow with them. They got a lot of power. And I think sometimes we forget that. <laughs> we forget that we're, we're more, uh, you know, subscribe to the feeling and the situation than, you know, what we may be giving up as a result of that. So thank you for the call, Rose. All right. I got Tommy. Tommy, how you doing, brother? Hey, well, Linnell, first of all, I just want to tell you, man, I listen to you every week, bro, without fail. And you asked uh, the question, uh, what's running your life? See, um, I thank God for individuals like you and individuals that were in my life to allow me to recognize and understand uh, reality is what runs my life, Doc. And uh, anytime, you know, I can uh, sit back and just listen to a different perspective and weigh that perspective out and say, hey, you know what, how can I apply this to change? And unfortunately, the clutter that I'm getting out of my life is a bunch of uninformed and ignorant people that make up a nation called black folks. Because I have never in my life, man, ever thought that I would ever live a time where, uh, as Lou Palmer would say, uh, uh, once you get the information, it's enough to turn a Negro black. And we continue to get this information as to the direction in which we should go. But we somehow, uh, in some way, continue to do nothing but talk about it while people are clearly telling you how they feel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't have anything against Rose's comment except for the fact that my mom always taught me, don't accept less when you can have more. So if you know off the top you're going into something, that's not what you want. I don't even know why you would fool around with that. But, again, you know, I don't subscribe to uh, something that's better than nothing unless it's about money. Love you, Linnell, man. Keep doing what you're doing, man. And i got to uh, follow you more on your Facebook page, man. You are truly an inspiration, dog. Bless you, man. All right, Tommy. And sign up for the text messages, too, brother. All right, man. And, again, for you guys, text inspired to 43783. So, Hey, you know, <laughs> Tommy boy, he comes with a with a flurry, right? Like a Muhammad Ali combination, you know. But Tommy, you did say something. You said uh, what runs your show is reality. That's, and I'm not sure that everybody caught that, but that's powerful because what he's saying, and I'm I'm you know I'm transposing here, but 
what he's saying is I'm looking at what's in front of me and making decisions based on that versus what I hear, what I think I might see, which often happens a lot, which I think leads into his other comment about complaining. You know, this is what I found, Tommy, you hung up, but we all are on a journey. And some of us are a bit further along than others. And I I think for me, this work has really created a space in my heart to have compassion, to have compassion for those of us that just don't know. And that's really what this show is about, to inform those of us that don't know, to wake somebody up so they can begin to realize that, you know, just talking about it, complaining about it, you know, whether it's, you know, the state of our community or the state of your own personal affairs, it won't change it. That won't change it. There is action that needs to take place. But often before action, there is some serious thought and personal preparation and strategy that also needs to take place. And what I'm finding is, again, we live in an instant gratification society. And the work that got us as a community to where we are um, was work that was thought out strategically, work that was thought out patiently and organized and basically created to take us through the long haul. And uh, it had a tremendous impact. Unfortunately, a lot of those leaders are gone. And so it's time for new leaders to rise up. And I think, if anything, for the leaders that are coming, right, my age group and younger, patience will be the determining factor. Our ability to create strategy that can that can front or face the challenges that we have now and believe in that strategy deeply enough, be unified as a front to wait out because, you know, patience and waiting is a huge part of any success. Wait out with action to make sure that we can see some tangible change. But in the meantime, you know, for those of us that complain, I have a lot of compassion, a lot of compassion. That is a tough space to be in. And we're talking about what's running your life, what's running your show. I, You know, one of the, I'll make an assertion, but I can imagine that those who call into the radio station and complain aren't just complaining on the air. (laughs) That is a 24-7 conscious activity. I say conscious because you have to sleep, but probably a conscious activity, whether it's verbal or mental. Um, It's a condition. And so I have a lot of compassion for individuals who are in that condition because it's not a fun space to be in. And if you're one of them, The first thing to do is be aware, like be aware, notice whether you complain or not. You know, it's funny. I have clients, uh, you know, I work with, you know, I'm a life coach, ontological coach, certified ontological coach. Again, I'll say don't work with somebody if they're not certified. And the clients I have often, you know, when we identify, when we identify, you know, they I ask questions and reflect what I'm hearing from them. And when we can identify a certain place for them to work, I'll say, all right, let's make this a practice. And so we'll create a practice. And um, this complaining thing, right? I guess that touched a nerve with me, Tommy. So I'm happy you brought it up. This complaining thing is real. 
and we complain often. And often complaining is what's running the show, and I imagine that's what's running life. And uh, if, you know, often I don't think we know it. You know, so some of, some of you listening right now may be complainers and you're thinking I'm talking to somebody else, but I would say slow down right quick and just think with me and, and hear me out here. A practice going into the next week for all of us would be to notice when we complain. And the only way that this is going to stay top of mind for you is you have to write it down, put it on your mirror, you know, put it in the dashboard of your car, you know, but write it out maybe three or four different areas. Write it out three or four times and, you know, and uh, cut it out and put it in three or four different areas. And just notice when you complain, because the only way we're going to shift that in our community, uh, it's a behavior. It's a behavior. You just don't change behavior. It has to be addressed. And, you know, first, before you can address the behavior or shift that behavior, there has to be a certain amount of, of, of awareness. And I'm not sure that we are aware that we are a complaining community. <laughs> but we are. I listen to WVON a lot. And a lot of what you hear is complaining. And if we took so and stick with me here. Everything that we do takes a certain amount of energy. And if we took the energy that we push into complaining and slow down a bit and really began to think about what were the solutions for the things that we complain about and become very thoughtful about these solutions and begin to take some unified action, unified being a key word, that would shift a lot. Now, what I just shared is a dream because, and, uh, and I'm serious, because behavior is difficult. I mean, people hire me to help shift their behavior. And all behavior is a part of a context, right? And so first we have to address the context of the African-American community, which is broad, <laughs> which is very broad. Now, I can't do that in one show. But what I can do is ask you all to individually begin to look at the context that you use to see the world and become aware of that. And maybe that will be the impetus for some change. So in the meantime, you know, who's running your show? Who's running your life? And so last week we got into it a little bit. One of the things I called out is fear. And, you know, a moment ago, you know, I was, I was talking about loneliness and then we came into complaining and I suggested fear maybe running the show for some of us because I know that, that that is often the context with which most of us operate, right? I mean, we operate from uh, the mode of survival. And I talked a little bit about that last week. And I do think often we don't even know fear is running the show, especially men. And, you know, and I just talked about coaching, you know, so. As a certified ontological coach, I have my own coach. And uh, I can recall a conversation we had, I would say almost a year ago, where I was, you know, I was confronted by, you know, something I was trying to achieve. And I just wasn't making the progress that I was looking to make. And at that time, my coach asked me, well, he didn't ask. He made an assertion that I was afraid. And the first thing when he said, he said, you know, Lanell, it sounds like you're afraid. And I said, no, I'm not afraid. I mean, it came out almost, you know, automatically, right? No, I'm not afraid. 
And uh, he said, what makes you so certain and why aren't you willing to take a look? All right. And what he meant by take a look is just, you know, do some reflection, like take a moment right now and uh, run your emotions. Right. You know, uh, gain, gain some uh, gain a handle on what I may be feeling. And upon doing that, I found that, yeah, what he had called out as afraid was actually there. It was fear and fear had what was slowing down my progress with this particular project that we were discussing. I was just simply afraid. I was I was scared to death. And it showed up as machoism or, you know, how often we are. We, we, we throw things in as busy or all types of other things uh, kind of blocked my ability to see that simply it was fear. Now, I say all that because I've shared with you guys, you know, how fear has gotten in my way and how fear would be the one thing that could have stopped my voice being on the airwaves right now because I'm a, a little bit over a year into radio and I can guarantee you that after <laughs> I found out that I, there was an opportunity to be on the airwaves bringing this message I spent a lot of time asking myself why I had even agreed to do it simply because I was scared to death <laughs> All right, so talk about fear running the show. Fear runs the show often. And if fear had ran my show, then, you know, a lot of what I do, I wouldn't do. And a lot of what I plan on doing <laughs> won't get done. Because am I scared of some of the stuff that I have down on my 2014 goals? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Am I afraid of some of the things I, I aspire to in 2015, 2016 and beyond? Absolutely. Is it going to run my show? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> and I got to take a deep breath because I'm human. But no, the, the idea is that fear will not run my show. All right, I got another caller here, Miss Johnson, not a, right here in Chicago. How are you? Yes, how are you, uh, young man? I just want to say to you that you have a lovely show. I mean, I always enjoy listening to it. <clears throat> but I, what I that. want to share with you is that these are testimonies that I have in my own life. Okay. And um, if you are about the right thing, whatever you might be going through with, there will be, uh, you know, certain issues get in your way. But if you are about the right thing, you will be the winner. All right. You will be the winner. You will be the winner. Yes. I heard these words when I was a much younger person than what I am now. Mm-hmm. That God's word says that you do what's right and lead the vengeance to him. Yep. And I have lived, young man, to see mm. that it is true. Wow. All right. How about that? Oh, yes. I am a living witness that it is true. And so that's the kind of life, you know, that that I try and live each and every day. And I can't tell you of things that I have uh, been through with that has been very, very disappointing to me. Mm -hmm. But I have you to know. 
that I always had the mindset to do the right thing. And I I was the winner, dear. Nice. I was the winner. So this is what I want to share with you, and I just hope what I have said, you know, that it will help someone because it is for real. No, and I appreciate you. I, I, you know, you what you shared and how you shared it is so complete. There's not much for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, I have to share something else with you too because okay. I just love, you know, sharing uh, great testimonies that uh, that I have. Uh, that I have lived to see, you know, like I know there's a lot of people, you know, they, well, they are entitled, you know, for their belief, you know, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't try and, and pull anybody down, mm-hmm. you know, if whatever the belief they have, then that's their belief. Right. <laughs> but um, in order, you know, for you to really be able to uh, have a conversation like I'm having with you tonight, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you be about what the work, you know, like so many people I've heard say, well, you know, how do you know that these are God's words? Okay, I I have had people ask me Mm -hmm. that, you know, how do you know, you know, that these are God's words? Well, when I was first asked that question, I really didn't know what to say because, you know, it was just great surprise to me for anybody to ask me that. But I did eventually come up with the answer, and I said to them, I said, you know, for you to ask the question like that, you must don't have any testimonies in your life, miracles, mm-hmm. if I should say, in your life that have uh, happened for you. And I say, that's number one. Number two is is that if God, if he didn't write it, whoever wrote it, they told the truth. Mm. And I do know that the truth, you know, it has to be that if God didn't write it, he had somebody to write it, and they told the truth. Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer, you know, in people that tell the truth. And what I hear you saying is, you know, the reason why you believe in these principles, the reason why you believe that if you're doing something right, you will be a winner, is because that is your personal experience through and through. Right, right. Wonderful. Right, that's exactly what I mean. Wonderful. That is my testimony. And it's you know what, and it's a it's a powerful one, and it's encouraging to me. Well, you know, I am so happy. You know, you just have made my day. You just have <laughs> made made my night, rather, because uh, you know, uh, it, I just love to have something to say that it will help you know somebody. Oh yeah. And so this is very very. Very inspiring for me to just to hear you say, you know, that it really, you have really, you know, put some different thoughts on your mind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. So thank you so much, Miss Johnson, for sharing. I appreciate it. Okay, dear. All right. So you keep doing what you're doing. I will. I okay. will. Bye-bye. All right, bye. 
All right. Wonderful comments. Wonderful comments. A wise man will listen and increase learning. Because what I do know is she's got some years on me, and she's got some years on a lot of us. And uh, it's nice to hear from someone who's got some tenure and seen some things that if you are doing the right thing, you will be a winner. (laughs) And so, man, that sunk in deep. I needed to hear that tonight. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but that was for me. (laughs) Thank you, Miss Johnson. All right. Woo. Okay. And I just got done talking about fear. You know, I was saying, I was saying like, hey, I got some things on the docket, 2014, 2015, 2016. Am I scared? Yes. Is fear going to stand in the way and run my show? No. And guess what? Miss Johnson just told me that if I'm doing the right thing, I'll be a winner. That's all I need to hear. 15 minutes left on the show, though, Zach. So we got to keep going. Because other than that, I could just pack it up and go home. <laughs> that, hey, that was worth driving to the studio for me. All right. <laughs> Woo, thank you. Okay. All right, I'm, I'm a fast forward. So who's running a show? You know, who's running your life? Talked about fear. And the other thing that I want to talk about is busyness. <laughs> Busyness. There is nothing else that can run our lives quite like time. And time is the ultimate context. Second only to money. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, I say time is number one, though, you know, uh, because no matter how much money you have, no matter how little money you have, we all are bound by the almighty clock. (laughs) And uh, that's time. Time is a context that we all share. And I spent a little time talking about fear, but. I also mentioned work as one of the things that runs our show. And I said this uh, two weeks ago. So I get that work keeps you busy. All right. But often we're, you know, it's not just work that keeps us busy. We're just busy. But are you making personal progress? Like, are you making personal progress in all the busyness? Because motion is not progress. I'm going to say it again. Motion is is not progress because if it was a lot of us would be more progressive i mean we would be getting things done i mean seriously getting some things done but you know come monday the road will be crowded you know we'll be all running about consuming our coffee in our meetings making our phone calls but how much progress will you be making And this is huge because what I'm finding is that busy runs the show for a lot of us. There's a quote by Alfred Montepert that really illustrates the power of this statement. And what he says is, quote, don't confuse motion and progress. A rocking horse keeps moving but does not make any progress. Close quote. A rocking horse keeps moving but does not make any progress. Is your life being run right now by busyness. And if so, are you just rocking or are you making progress? Again, tonight we're talking about what's running your show, and this is spring, so we need to do some spring cleaning. And so this is a real good time to look and see, are there things that I'm doing that I'm doing just because I've always done them? And it might be time that I put a period on the activity 
right behind the word stop. I'm just saying, because my job is to help you live a better life. That's my job. And the only way I know how to help you live a better life is to expose the context that I know a lot of us are stuck in. Over the last couple of months, the most common reply to the phrase, how are things going, that I hear is busy. If I'm in the office, busy. If I'm out and about, busy. And I'm guilty of saying the same thing. You know, man, how you? I'm busy. I'm busy, you know. <laughs> and this is the constant fight for me, right? Because I struggle with the same context because, like I said, we're all in this time context. But everyone is so busy. Being that we're all so busy, I'm asking, are you busy making definite and meaningful progress? Because I have a hunch that meaningless motion is a serious waste of all of our time. I mean, everyone's precious time because we only have so much, right? We only get a finite amount of time. So when you think about your life, how would you have wanted to spend it? Being busy? I mean, and I know I sound cynical, but I mean, that's, we're just busy. We're moving around. There's one place to go, one social event to the next. But what are you actually creating? What meaningful progress is coming from that? Or, you know, did you run about today, run some errands, meet a few people for drinks, and at the end of Saturday, there is nothing tangible that you can take from that day into the next And when I say tangible, I mean physical evidence that you were here. (laughs) Man, okay, and I've said it before. There are a lot of books, songs, music, poetry, all types of things in the cemetery, in those graves that was never produced. There are geniuses that we will never know. There are individuals that have brilliance that we can barely comprehend But because they are stuck in meaningless motion, we will never hear their voice. Will that be you? (laughs) Will that be you? So is busy running your show? Because busy is no good when it's running your show. I can tell you that. It's just no good. You know, I um, (laughs) have spent a lot of time writing and speaking about the impact of mass media and what it has on our decision-making and self-esteem. And I'm passionate about this topic because mass media, along with other associated social pressures, it's telling us the story, right, of who we should be and how we should be it. And part of this busy culture has a lot to do with what we're told to be. And so, you know, who are you going to choose? Like, what are you going to let run your life versus you being overt and thoughtful and reflective about what's going to be next and what you're going to do versus, you know, kind of just living on autopilot or by default? I mean, that's what this month has been about ultimately, right? Self-discovery. And so what is it that you need to know about yourself? So you can really begin making some tangible movement. And so I started the month with this. I'll end the month with this. I gave five ways that will help you go through the self-discovery process and separate you from the pack. And when I say separate you from the rest of the pack, 
What I mean by that is most of us and most of the world, they're going down a completely different channel, right? A very broad channel. And so when you discover yourself, you automatically will separate from the pack and understand that there's a certain amount of discomfort associated with that. Any behavior change is uncomfortable. It, it takes, you know, you're going you're gonna to feel all out of whack. But I think over the months I've talked about why, why it's worth it, why it's worth it to go through that level of discomfort, why it's worth it to separate from the pack. So here are the five ways, again, that you can separate from the pack. Number one, ask five family members or friends the following question. What three characteristics or words would they use to best describe you? And the reason I say that is because often we have qualities and strengths that we fail to see ourselves, right? Other people can see it in us. But because of that, that horrible internal serial killer, right, that I call, I've talked about this before, lack of confidence, we often can't see it. So when they say it, believe them. Your only job here is to believe them when they tell you what those qualities are. And in this case, I'm saying positive qualities, right? Because some of them might say something negative, throw that away and keep the positive. All right. So and one of the things that we talk about in ontological coaching is essence. And this is a bit of what could be considered an essence exercise. OK, number two, get clear about what you fear. Get clear. Understand now, now all of us have, all of us are afraid of something, okay? Even the most courageous man has something that he is scared of. That's what creates the courage, right? The ability to face that thing that he is afraid of. Otherwise, it's not courage, it's stupidity to run right at an, uh, a lion, right? If you're not afraid of it, that's stupidity. If you understand what the lion can do, yet you'll still face it, then that is courage. All right. So let's be clear about that. Now, get clear about what you fear. Make a list of the things you fear most and what we fear predicts our behavior. So, again, if you want to really know yourself, know what you're afraid of, because once you know what you're afraid of, you'll begin to understand why you do what you do, why you behave the way you behave, because often our behavior is nothing more than an indication of uh, underlying fear. All right, it is, right? Why does the person drive in the right-hand side of the lane going 50 miles an hour with the rest of the traffic speeding around them? Probably because there's a fear of a car accident, right? And that, and the funny thing is they're more likely to cause the accident going 50 miles an hour on the expressway. But it's the context of fear they have around driving that causes the behavior. All right, real simple example of how it behaviors are attached. Okay? So know your fears. And I hope you're writing this down. Okay? I mean, of course, you can always go to inspirationalperspective.com and check out this blog post, which is the five ways to discover yourself. Okay. Number three, visualize the life of your dreams. Now, you might say, what does that have to do with discovering myself? Often there are things locked, locked away in our subconscious or locked away in a, a more hidden part of our conscious that we desire. But we've told ourselves that you can't have that or we hide it from ourselves in an effort to stay content. You know, so I want to be content with what's going on for me right now. So I'm not going to even think about what could be. 
And so you don't really know yourself. You're trapped in a situation or a circumstance. And when you're trapped in that circumstance and you're thinking within that context, you're not living from a place of dreams or living from a place where you can actually act on aspirations. And so what I'm saying is visualize what the life of your dreams are. Be confronted by that. As a life coach, one of the first two questions I ask anyone looking to create shift in their lives are, what are your dreams and what do you believe is possible, right? Not what can you do or, you know, given what's going on, what's possible? Like, what's possible? And what I often tell clients once they give me the first little bit of that is, yeah, that's reasonable. What's unreasonably possible? Because the fact of the matter is, all of us have a seed of greatness inside of us. And because we have that seed of greatness, if watered and nurtured, then it can and it will become something much more. But you have to discover it. And by discovering that, you'll discover something about yourself because it's about you. It's not about me. It's not about the next person. It's about you. Number four, question yourself. The questions here should be simple. All right. It will be coming up with the answer that you will find to be the most complex. But keep it at simple questions. And so here are a few example questions you can ask yourself to kind of go through this questioning exercise. And again, this is all about self-discovery. Why do I do the work I do? Or why am I in the job I'm in? So what's the long and short? You know, what's the long-term goal of that? What's the short-term goal? Because to get a paycheck, then maybe that's not what you want to do. All right, so then let's go to question number three. What are your dreams? Let's get towards those dreams. But again, this is about self-discovery. Here's another question. Why do I spend the, my weekends the way I do? You know, some of us say we're going to relax on the weekend. We go harder on the weekend than we did during the week. We stay up all Friday night. We get back up. We go do something else. We have, you know, we have drinks uh, in the afternoon. Then we go back home. We shower. And then we go back out again. And then we, we party to 2 o'clock in the morning. And then some of y'all, after partying like that, will still get up and go to church. And then at the church, you just run. The next thing you know is Monday morning. You're exhausted. You're exhausted. So why do you spend your weekends the way you do? Understand that. Understand yourself. Let me move quick. The last three questions. Am I easily influenced? If so, by what? What gets me really excited? What kind of information interests me most? You know, those are some questions that you can ask yourself. It's fascinating how quickly we can question those around us with the intent to get to know them. Yet we rarely take the time to pose an inquisition upon ourselves with the intent to get to know ourselves better. Number five, start keeping a journal. And if you can't keep a journal, start somehow creating some type of uh, way or vehicle to understand what you're doing, how you're doing it. We can typically recall our high points and low points, but the beautiful tapestry of our life's blissful moments and colorful details often fade with time. This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois, on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.